Hey guys, Brian Jodas here with Pick Up the Six podcast. Pumped about today's show. But before that, we have a deal going on on all Pick Up the Six gear. All you have to do is click the gear link on our website, pickupthesix.com, and use the promo code PUT6 at checkout. And I'm hooking you up. You're going to save 10% off today. Uh, we've got those service before self strength of purpose and community impact shirts. We also have pick up the six logo gear. We got it on t-shirts and hoodies and all of that. You're going to get 10% off right now by using the promo code PUT6. You can also click the link in our link tree if you're looking at that as well to get you to the gear. But head over to pickupthesix.com, click on gear, use the promo code PUT6 and save 10% off that stuff today. Let's go. Amber English was born to shoot. It's in her DNA. Today, we're talking about family legacy and how that, combined with her service before self, created a moment worth gold at the Olympics. Let's meet her on this episode of Pick Up the Six Podcast. Amber English, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. What is up, champion? Oh, just craziness. I am so glad to be back and stateside with a bunch of friends and family. So it's been a really cool experience so far. Came home from the Tokyo Games with the gold medal, uh, the uh, the cream of the crop, the top of the heap. Uh, and we're going to talk just about everything that went into that and, and your journey to get here and, and what that's looked and felt like. We're going to dig through all that. But to, come up, but to come home with that thing, man, what's that feel like? You know, I'm just, this has been a dream come true for me. And it still honestly doesn't even feel real. Cause I'm like, you know, I never thought that match would end with all of the, the postponements and us really thinking that it, you know, potentially could get canceled. Um, it's just been a big roller coaster ride for all of us. And, uh, it's just crazy that it's totally come to an end. Yeah, it, it has been such a wild year and a half. We John, we talked to John Stefanowitz about this, United States Marines, who was wrestling at the Olympics. Unfortunately, John just got beat in Greco-Roman yesterday as we recorded this episode, but still thrilled that he got to have that journey. She's First Lieutenant Amber English of the United States Army, uh, so representing not only her country, but her branch of the military. And you're right. I mean, just that year and a half and really probably two years of just sort of preparing for all this and then the uncertainty of everything. And, and when you guys should have been doing this a year ago, yeah. this summer, it is, it is pretty nuts when, when you think about that. Let's talk about your journey. And I know that your love of shooting as you come back winning gold in skeet shooting was instilled at an early age, I mean, six years old, if I'm not mistaken, when, when you pick up and, and, and get into it. So just take me back and tell me a little bit about that, uh, that process and, and where that love kind of develops from. Yeah, so uh, everyone in my family pretty much uh, shot competitively. It really started with my dad and my uncle. They shot running target and were resident athletes at the Olympic Training Center a long time ago. <laughs> and then uh, my mom and aunt, uh, they shot in college and rifle. And I had a cousin that shot too. And I actually grew up doing gymnastics and kind of realized um, right before college that that was something I was not going to pursue. So took a little time, time off and let my body heal a little bit. And then, uh, you know, I was like, I'm just not done competing in something. So I gave shooting a try and here we are a long time later. You kind of got into the family business, so to speak. I did. <laughs> yeah. I was the only one kind of the black sheep to get into a uh, shotgun shooting. So it was kind of fun for everybody. 
Tell me a little bit about dad and uncle, this running shooting competition. What are we talking about here? Yeah. So they would have a rifle and they'd start from the hip and they would have, it used to be a picture of a boar uh, with a 10 ring on the face and they would have a fast track and a slow track. So you would have to shoot a running target um, on a track and, and, you know, shoot in the center of the ring. Mm, interesting. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a cool blend between rifle and shotgun. So shotguns all moving disciplines and, and rifle is all stationary. So running target was the, the closest blend to shotgun and rifle that we had. Yeah. You know, for what you're able to do in that skeet shooting ability is you've got to be able to follow that clay, right? Follow that target up into the air, take the yep. shot versus just a, a stationary standing at a stationary target yep. kind of thing. When did you realize I'm pretty good at this? Like this is a thing that I should be doing a lot more of and doing competitively. Well, you know, I wasn't good at all when I first started. <laughs> it was just kind of a passion. You're like, wow, this is really cool. And and then you, you put that competitive edge into it and you're like, I want to be better at this. And what is it going to take to do better? Um, and then you just put the time, time and work into it. And it led to really cool things. Does competitive shooting lead you to the army? Does the army unlock the competitive shooting? Cause I know you're now part of this elite military <laughs> athletic program. How, how does, how does all that come to fruition for you? So I was doing all of this as a civilian um, before I joined and, and the world-class athlete program and the army marksmanship unit, they kind of do all of their recruiting um, from the outside. So most of them are civilians first, and then they join to do that specific thing. Um, but yeah, you know, I was, I was already traveling and, and training and competing with all of the guys in the army marksmanship unit while I was a civilian. So it was kind of a natural progression for me. I, I fought joining the army for a long time. And then I said, you know what, I'm just going to do it. So better late than never. Yeah. It all kind of goes hand in hand at that point. In fact, you're an alternate on the 2016 games, right? So just missed out in going yep. to Rio and then didn't join the army until 2017, right? So you are, you're far into this career. I mean, you've already racked up by that point you know, medals and world games and all these different things. Take me back to 2016, just missing Rio. What was that experience like? Yeah, you know, that was a tough, uh, tough deal for me. I had, I was training really hard and was kind of expected to make that team. And then I lost my dad unexpectedly in between trials. So that was a big hurdle for me to get over. Um, and I came up just short. So I was like, man, I'm kind of done with shooting. That was all I could give at the time. And then I took a little time off and regrouped. And I was like, you know what? I got some serious unfinished business. Um, I'm going to do something different. So that's when I joined the Army. And it, it obviously worked out pretty well. How much uh, of his legacy, of his raising you around this sport, uh, do you carry with you today? Oh, everything. I mean, I owe everything to him and kind of how I was brought up and introduced to the sport and just kind of his work ethic. So it definitely pushed me to be the person I am today. Any mementos or or things that he used to shoot with or or carry or or pieces like that that you that you keep with you today? No, you know, I try, I really try to not kind of take that burden on and make mm -hmm. it to where I'm, you know, I'm doing this for myself and you have those memories and stuff, but it's still it's still for myself. So yeah. Just misses out on the Olympics in 2016 comes roaring back yeah. with the 2020 games. So, so take me through that process of, of that time between 2016 took a little bit of time off. When does the reality of, I'm going to gear back into this. I'm going to get ready. We got 2020 coming. 
what should have been 2020, now the 2021 yeah. games. How does all that play out? Yeah, so we had our trial, or the games were probably in July, I believe. It's kind of a blur now to think about. Um, yeah. Five, five years ago, but they, uh, you know, it was in the summer of 16, and I ended up signing my Army paperwork that December, and then I shipped uh, for basic training that following February in 2017. So I was kind of off and on in army schools for that year. I took that year off of shooting and then uh, I was, I was pretty hungry to get back on the range and get after it. So I really, I really, you know, that, that mental break from shooting kind of just propelled me to work even harder as soon as I could get on the range. Outside competitive shooting. What were you doing? What was your job before you joined the army? Yeah, so I worked as a paramedic, actually, in Colorado Springs. I worked up in Denver and some of the mountain towns. Um, but yeah, I graduated college in 2012. And then I worked as paramedic all the way, all the way leading up until I shipped. So it was kind of that turning point for me. It was like, you know, it's just hard to, to work a full time job and then be at that, you know, competitive level that you need to be at. So Guys, you want to talk about service for self? Amber's been living it. I mean, you think about that, right? Career as a paramedic, and then shifts into the military, and and fully embracing, you know, taking on the pressures that comes with part of being this athlete program. I mean, there's a lot of it's a lot to live up to in that world, right? A lot of your peers, where you're like comparing notes, and you're seeing other folks go off to Olympic games, World Championships. Like, I think that's a pretty neat community to uh, to be a part of. It is, you know, it's a, it's a very unique atmosphere and uh, winning is definitely what's in mind and, and what it takes to win is it's a, it's a lot sometimes, but we uh, lean on each other and the army has been super awesome um, for resources and opportunities to try to find the next best, best thing. You guys might remember episode 26 was Captain Katie Hernandez who broke that world record for running a mile in a bomb suit. And she talked about that a lot, just the support that she's get that she gets through the community, not only the support from military friends, but also those just on the outside of the military looking in that are just incredibly proud. And, and John said the same thing on episode 38, where he was talking about gearing up for the Olympics. I want to talk about what it's like, right? Like arriving in Tokyo, heading there, putting the uniform on and the red, white and blue for the nation at the Olympics, because I know you've worn it in a lot of different avenues, but at the Olympics before that. Skeet shooting, right? Training for skeet shooting. What's that? I mean, it, it's got to be a lot more than just tossing clays, pulling triggers, right? What, what What's a day in the life of a skeet shooter look like? Well, you know, it takes a lot of um, obsession and insanity to go with it, I think. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and uh, just not, not accepting defeat or failure. Um, but, you know, we... We uh, are super lucky to be in the unit that we're at, and um, we have the shells and ammo provided to us, and they, you know, the expectations are there for us to win. So um, I'm in an office of about 14 or 15 people, and we kind of work together, and um, the skeet team there at Fort Benning is six of us. So I'm the only female, and then there's five other males that shoot skeet. And we add a little... uh... Add a little some for you, right? Like, what's up, yeah, fellas? Spice, little spice. That's right. So uh, then, uh, yeah, depending on what we're getting ready for, either domestic or international matches is kind of how we gear our training up. But 
the really cool thing was that the weather in Fort Benning was the exact same as the weather in uh, Tokyo. Very, very hot. So that was something that uh, we kind of had an advantage with. Yeah, you you're, look like you were ready for those sort of conditions. Gosh, yeah. razor thin margins yeah. of mistake in this sport, right? Can cost everything. I, I was watching uh, you compete against the reigning gold medal champion right out of Italy and she misses one late, right? Then you've got yeah. an opportunity to do it. So we're going to, we're going to dive in to that. One more question on the training front. Okay. What, 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 what's weight training like? What, what's cardiovascular like? Cause, cause you think, Hey, you're just standing there shooting clay, but you got to be prepared, right. To be strong, to be core strong, to be ready for those moments. What's that training like? You know, we're not in a very physical sport. Like you would obviously see as wrestling mm -hmm. or, or swimming or anything like that, but our sport is extremely, you know, mental and grueling in that department. So we're, we're really training that aspect more, but also, you know, we have to be prepared for the conditions and we'll shoot in snow and rain and anything other than lightning. So heat, especially in the summer games. So just, um, you know, knowing what our body needs and, and, uh, you know, when we shoot that many shells, we're, we're kind of prone to shoulder injuries and, and everything from your sternum over to your shoulder and down your fingertips. So we kind of have to watch all that stuff. But yeah. um, as for that, yeah, now I'm, I'm looking forward to spending a lot more time in the gym and where I can actually be sore and right. uh, go from there. That's right. Did you get to make the walk out uh, at opening ceremonies? Were you part of that? Because, you know, everybody's story is a little different. Not everybody's there right at the beginning. So take me up to the start of the games. Yeah. So uh, we flew in and we had about five hours in the airport of all of their random Corona testing that they graciously provided us. Mm -hmm. um, and so we were kind of going through all of their apps that we had to download before we got there and their, their tracking apps. And then we did the Corona testing and actually went to the village and they had us all in shuttles and took us straight to um, the USA part of the village. And then after that, um, yeah, I did, I did end up walking in an opening ceremony. That was pretty crazy. We actually missed all of opening ceremonies because we were the second to the last team to walk out. So we're all kind of staged in tunnels and outside. Just sort of waiting. It's a lot of hurry up yeah. and wait kind of stuff. Just Oh, yeah, which we were totally used to being in the military. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, But yeah, and then we walked. It was insane. One of my teammates, it was her birthday. She was young. Um, and so we waited until we were in the middle of the tunnel and then we announced it to everybody. And so all of like team USA got to sing her happy birthday and embarrass her. So that's great. That was pretty cool. And then, yeah, we walked out and there's an option to get on the buses first. Um, and it was about a 45 minute ride back to the village. And we, we were trying to get back as soon as we could, because we shot official training the next day. Is it, is it kind of surreal? Um, you know, being in the red, white, and blue and, and being a part of those ceremonies. And then also knowing that this one's just totally different than yeah. other ones, right? Like from fan perspective, probably even just walking around the village, I got to imagine it, it's just a lot different. Um, but, but did you find moments where you're kind of looking around like, like, am I doing this right now? Oh, yeah. There was definitely when you're just surrounded by all these people who have done the same or had 
similar journeys as you and all the postponements and everything. And we're just like, wow. Like I never thought this was happening until we started to fly out. Yeah. <laughs> so John, John said the same thing. He was like, I'm still not sure it's actually yeah. going to go down. Even when he exactly. qualifies, like I'm just waiting kind of for the next thing to happen. Yeah, that's exactly it. So we were, we were super excited and it was easy to get, you know, rally and, and get excited when we were on the flight over there. Are Olympians like walking around with medals on? What's the, what's the <laughs> protocol once you do it? Cause I don't think I'd want to take it off. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the first day we let, we went straight from the range to all the PR stuff. So we were pretty sweaty and disgusting there for a, a while. And then, you know, it was cool. It was just really cool to be able to, you know, share that experience with other people and let them hold it and be like, yeah, I don't, I don't know what just happened, but here it is, you know. Who uh who did you get to meet over there if anybody that you were super excited about meeting team USA wise? Anybody? Um, you know, USA basketball was there. I kind of I kind of did my own thing with my teammates because everybody was so spun up about corona and and all that stuff. And I, you know, I met a lot of those people when I lived at the Olympic Training Center for a long time. So it was kind of natural to see see a lot of them, but it was really cool. Yeah, that is sweet. All right, let's talk about what goes into setting an Olympic record in winning gold <laughs> as well. And this battle with, you know, you got the reigning gold medalist, right? So you got Rio gold medalist there. Uh, so you got to battle her to get the win here. Uh, so take me into, to, God, I'm going to say match. I don't want to sound like an idiot. I'm probably no, saying match. Is yeah, that right? Match, yeah, whatever. Yeah, take, yeah, take me into the match and, and what it, what goes into to walking out with this thing. Because I know she missed late. You get an opportunity for the win. Uh, so tell me a little bit about it. Yeah. You know, in qualification, I, I had some moments that I'm really proud of. Um, I kind of struggled the first day a little bit, to be honest, I knew, but I knew and had to remind myself that I've trained so hard for this, that even if my B game shows up, I'm still going to survive. Mm. Um, so I said it showed up today, but here we are, we're going to survive. And then hopefully my A game shows up tomorrow and that's exactly what happened. So it's really just staying in that positive mindset, knowing that you've put the work into it and just let it happen. And then when we get to the final, all gloves are off because we're, you know, that's really cool that they shot a 124, but at a 125, but we're all back to zero. So it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, that's right. Ultimately, so, 56 is what nets you enough yep. uh, to get the gold. So what's that back and forth like in, in a match, in a competition like this? Yeah, you know, in the final, it's it's pretty much sudden death type of shooting because we have kind of a little bit of a, a marathon type, even though it feels like a sprint the whole time. It, it, it's just a lot more targets. And then, you know, when you get to the final, it's, it's pretty much do or die with that stuff. So really, I just tried to be as calm as possible and um, know that, Hey, I've prepared for this. I've done this a hundred times. And I really just kept trying to take myself back to being in Fort Benning. Like mm. when they would announce in English, I would just talk to myself kind of like a crazy person and say like, Hey, I'm, you know, this is really crazy for a Fort Benning open or, or whatever. And then when they would announce in Japanese and you don't know what they're saying anyway. So yeah, I love down. to see like, I love right in a, in a sport like this too. Like I love that mental game. You know, like there's so much that is physical, right? Like you physically have to watch the clay, pull mm -hmm. the trigger, like make all that happen. But the mental game, I've done some distance running and you've hit, you hit some of those markers where uh, legit out loud, like, well, he wants you to quit. 
right? Like he wants, the enemy wants you to quit right now. Like, are you going to stop? Like you're just talking to yourself. Yeah. And and that's exactly. It might sound nuts, but you do it. Oh yeah, it is. It's all about self-talk. And you know, it was crazy. I got an email the night before from somebody and they said it was after the first qualifying day. So we shot 75 and they said, don't ever ring the bell. (laughs) Like, okay, like whatever there I was like okay yeah that's that as I had enough motivation but it was just a little bit of a rock you know to hang on to and be like I'm not I'm not done yet so that's not over it's not over until we come home with this thing you got two clay that are coming out you got to hit one yeah gold whoa yeah you know I knew that I knew when she gave me one I was like okay I'm still gonna do my job when she gave me another one I was kind of like yeah see ya you know like I got, mm-hmm. I'm just gonna I'm gonna finish this right now um yeah I'm just gonna finish it and so I knew if I the last four targets if I if I hit two I tied and if I hit one more and I I tied her and then I I hit that one more I saw the puff and then it was like I just forgot how to shoot so it should have been a 57, but we'll take it. I wasn't going to bring it up. I wasn't yeah. going to bring it up and say, are you yeah. a little pissed? Jim is the last one. Yeah, kind of actually, but I was like, you know what, whatever. I saw that puff and then I forgot. You got the puff. You got the OR next yeah. to the 56. It's all good. I could see that emotion on your face, like immediately yeah. after it happened. Take me back into that. You know, I was just like, oh my God, I can't believe we did it. Like we did it, you know? And I could hear my coach screaming and all of the, the other teammates and stuff and saw flags waving around and it was cool. It was really, really cool. Yeah. It was just like a huge instant weight off my shoulders. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. All right. Give me some shout outs. Cause I know there's a lot of people that have helped you coached you picked up your six along the way. It's a long journey, right? It's a lot of folks. So who do you want to shout out? You know, just to my my mom and brother at home and all my family that kind of had to keep me sane through this whole process. <laughs> I'm sure that was quite the uh, the task. And then, you know, obviously the world class athlete program for getting me getting me involved in in the Army Marksmanship Unit. Um, they've done an awesome awesome thing with helping me get ready for this. And just all my teammates here, I mean, we did it. Like we pushed each other to the max and we're able to get it done. And I am so looking forward to watching them just annihilate people in the next few years to come. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. I think dad's looking down too with a lot, oh, of, yeah. a lot of pride and, and joy. So what is next? What's next in the journey? And oh, what happens now? You know, I am just going with the flow at the moment. We have some domestic matches coming up here. Um at the end of next month. So we'll get prepared for that. And then we're just kind of on hold to see what happens with the world again. Um, We don't know if the events are going to get canceled again or postponed or if they're still on. So we're just kind of waiting to see we're on standby for all that. Paris 24. Yeah, it's definitely a possibility. I know it's a, it's three years away this time. It's kind of hard to even fathom (laughs) Yeah, that's why that is why that's wild to think about that turnaround time frame. Uh, yeah, and you got the uh, the winter games next year, so things are still moving. And you know, I hope I hope the rest of the world can get through all this and get back to normal. No desire to uh, put the skis on and and do the skiing. <laughs> I love skiing, but not that kind, of, not that type of skiing. So I'd probably be really terrible at that. Actually, I think it's really neat um to we in our house we've watched quite a bit of olympic coverage 
Uh, and I love with my daughters to watch, you know, uh, some of those unconventional sports, right? You can mm-hmm. think about the gymnastics and the swimmings and the basketball and soccer and all that, but those unconventional sports. So, so as a young lady growing up in this sport, right. And now being a role model to maybe young ladies out there that want to pick up, you know, a rifle and get to shooting, but what, what's that pressure? Like, what's that responsibility? Like, you know, I, uh, That's an interesting question. Um, I have been around so many people that were so supportive and, you know, they said you can do whatever you want to do. Like, I know there are women that wrestled a lot. And so that was kind of always normal for me growing up to, if you, if you're passionate about something, just do it. Um, doesn't have to be the norm. And, and uh, if you like it, you can do it. Yeah, that, so that's an, that's a great message, right? Like if you're passionate about something, there's really nothing that needs to stand in your way. And, and there's a path, you know, for all of this, um, that we're able to see. I mean, it's really pretty, uh, pretty neat. Um, is it, is it, um, Tamara Shook who just won gold at wrestling? I'm probably screwing her name. Oh up yeah. Yep. Right? Yep. She I just, see that. Yeah. She, and her, she was like a ball of energy afterwards. I know. Amazing. That's, that's super awesome for her. It was really cool to see and kind of share that excitement. And you're like, man, I'm so glad they're, they're able to go get it done. But you know, if I had a dollar for every time someone gave me a piece of unsolicited advice or told me to quit when things were hard or, or not to do this or that, you know, I wouldn't be where I am today. So I'm glad, you know, I was able to listen to my own, my own feelings and thoughts and get it done. I love uh, love what you did. Love your attitude. I love the sport, right? Love the sport of shooting. And I love the idea of, of, of honing that craft of doing something that is hard physically and mentally, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you've got to be sharp. Your mind wanders. You're going oh, off yeah. that target, right? You're going to miss oh, in, yeah. in a big, in a big way. What are, what are the, are there days where you got to battle that, right? Oh that, yeah. That mental dedication. You know, it, it's insane because the women's ski um, here in the U.S. is incredibly deep and competitive. And they say it's harder to make the Olympic team than it is to win a medal. And yeah. after going through this process, I mean, they're both very, very challenging in their own ways. But um, I kind of owe it to them for pushing me and pushing each other to be the best at the world. And I, I honestly do believe that we're going to continue to be the best in the world in this sport um, regardless if I'm or other people are shooting because just that mentality of just high expectations and, and pushing each other to do it. But the, yeah, you definitely, uh, the more pressure there is, it's just the will to do well. Like you just yeah. expect yourself to do well and that's where pressure comes from. So learning how to talk to yourself when all those crazy things come in and, you know, it's like the higher the pressure, the more crazy stuff comes up in your head, mm-hmm. stuff that you wouldn't even think about for years, but it comes up and just having a plan and testing it and see what works and what doesn't. Forged in the fire of adversity, right? <laughs> like, yeah, it's, tough, it's, it's wild. Not, yeah, it is. It's, and it sounds like from listening to you, you got a little kind of iron sharpens iron situation going yeah. on with the team, right? Because if you've got to go be that battle tested, before you even step on the world stage, you know, that's sort of that old mindset of just over-prepare, like, right. Be prepared for whatever's going to get thrown at you. Like, Oh man, we've done this yeah. before. Right? Well, you we've know, even getting, this. getting to that stage, it's almost, 
you know what the workload is about to be and that you can work hard, but it's almost just a little bit of a, a relief to know that some of your biggest competitors are sitting at home and that you've been tested over and over and over and over again. And you've done this a hundred times, just got to let yourself do it. That's right. She's first Lieutenant Amber English of the United States Army gold medalist at the Tokyo Games in the women's skeet shooting. When you're not shooting skeet, I got to envision you like other shooting activities, right? Spending time outside. So what else are you into? Yeah, you know, I grew up uh, hunting and fishing and doing all that stuff. I haven't been able to do that in a while. <laughs> so maybe I'll get back into that. Yeah, take a little time. Yeah. Um, and then I grew up skiing a lot too. So I'll probably try to get home and ski. My family still lives in Colorado, so I'll probably go visit and get out of this Georgia heat for mm -hmm. a little bit. But yeah, I'm not too far. I'm up in North Carolina and we've been We've been going through a lot of that heat and humidity. It gets yeah. on you. A little trip to Colorado wouldn't be too bad, would it? No, nah, I wouldn't complain. <laughs> Looking back on all of it before we go, and you've been so gracious with your time, and thanks so much for, for sharing your journey. How do you wrap it all up? How do you how do you summarize just what this entire experience has been like? You know what? I would say it was just the perfect storm. Um, it was just a combination of all the years of hard work. And then when it came down to the wire, just forcing yourself to do it, um, putting all of the bad stuff behind and just looking at right now, this moment and letting it happen. So it was just the perfect storm. That bio line is always going to read anytime you go anywhere, <laughs> right? You go to a banquet. You go to, I mean, anything, right? Gold medalist. Yeah. Ah, it's just crazy. You know, yeah. I'm just like, I'm so humbled by this experience. Well, humbled indeed. Your country stands proud with you to see this experience happen. Uh, and, you know, just, just watching these things at the games. And we're just so grateful for that. You're able to do this, right? I'm just watching all these things happen. I'm like, oh my God, we got to try to get Amber on here. Like we got <laughs> like, to see if we can share her story. And I know our audience is going to be really excited about it. Congratulations so much. A lot of hard work. Yeah. Do it right. Uh, a lot of ups and downs, peaks and valleys. Maybe even times you're like, I don't know if this is ever going to yeah. happen. Yeah, but you know, but I, I look forward to sharing my experiences and hope that it can reach out to some people and they can push forward and not quit. Um, and we'll see lots of medals from, from uh, other athletes to come. That's right. She's first Lieutenant Amber English of the United States Army, gold medalist in the Tokyo Games. Congratulations on the big win. And as always, we thank you for what you've done for our country and what you continue to do, Amber. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your support. She's Amber English. I'm Brian Jodis. And this has been Pick Up the Six Podcast.